Welcome to the Hoblog Podcast. Kevin A.C. Padres, beat writer for the Union Tribune. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. I am in Pittsburgh, Jay, with the Red Hot Padres. Yes, I just <laughs> thought of that. Oh, Hopefully. I see I see what you did there, Kevin. I may have been actually tempted to use it had I thought of it earlier. Um, so thankfully I didn't because that was really dumb. But nonetheless, it does apply because the Padres have seven wins in their last nine games. And six of those victories are against the Reds. Nothing wrong with that, but nothing terribly impressive with that. No, I, I would agree with that. These games all, and I, I did not see yesterday's game um other than maybe the first inning was following along with it and it just seemed like it was sort of like the other games in a sense where the Padres kind of scored a bunch of runs and and then the bullpen kept giving up a run here and a run there and Padres well the first night they didn't add on but the second night and yesterday they added on and, yep. and ended up being you know three three victories I, I was going to call them comfortable but I'm not sure that they were really comfortable because it seemed like no. except for yesterday the reds and i guess even yesterday in the yeah. eighth inning the reds made it uncomfortable so none of them were terribly um, comfortable for scoring 24 runs in three games right right but at the same time i mean we spent a lot of time mm-hmm. talking last year about how the padres were unable to win games like that against teams mm-hmm. like that so you don't want to be too critical because nope. they played that team six times and they won six games and i think Obviously, anybody would take that at any time. Uh, I didn't expect it. If you're the Padres, you always hope for it. But, you know, beating a team six times in a row is is not easy. Even I mean, they are a major league team for the most part. Hey, uh, so they a have, couple of those pitches came in for the Reds. And there's a kid deal, I believe, for uh, he's actually a Cincinnati kid. Yeah. And I, I sort of had like flashbacks. Um, I was like, this kid is good. Like he was, and I'm like, that's right. This is the major leagues. Like right. the right. Reds are, are bad, right? They, they sold off some parts, but they're also injured and they're playing terribly. Joey Votto, one of my favorite players, one of the best players of this time is he's lost. Um, yeah. They're bad, but it is a major league team they have good players and I I just wanted to share that because like that's something we say all the time and players say all the time oh there's major leaguers over there okay whatever it's the Reds they are (laughs) yeah I mean well Kyle Farmer had what four doubles in the uh in the second game of the of the series I mean Tommy Pham is Tommy Pham again like if that's why you guys were booing him because you're pissed off that he was good in Tampa and (laughs) now he's good again and he wasn't good here for 11 million dollars um then okay I understand now (laughs) yeah no I and and so as we said whatever the Padres did and and their you know their defense wasn't good in Cincinnati and the bullpen wasn't terribly good uh the starters were pretty good but and the offense obviously scored a lot of runs. The bottom line is they won all three games. They won all three games against them the next week, and we talked about taking advantage of the situation. They've done that. Um, I I joked on Twitter this morning that you know we would talk about the Padres making a petition to to see if they could play the Reds again. I'm not expecting that to be approved. So they basically have to settle for sort of one of the next best things, which is playing the Pirates. Um, and they aren't terribly good either. Uh, they, uh, Brian Reynolds is off to a terrible start. Guy that you know the Padres were potentially involved in in talks with. Um, 
they don't have a lot on their team. I mean, David Bednar, who would be hard, I think he would probably be hard pressed to make the Padres bullpen at this point. Maybe he, although maybe he could be like the fifth or sixth inning um, type guy. He's the closer for, Mm -hmm. uh, for the Pirates. So again, you're not playing a, a great team and, and here's a chance to take advantage and, and, you know, win at least two out of three uh, and and go on to play Cleveland. So I, I probably should look at who's even pitching for. Well, um, here's something I'll tell you. It's uh, Zach Thompson tonight, I believe. But but here's something I'll tell you. Yes. They're, they're eight and 11, which is miles better. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, obviously quantifiable, but 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 uh, in some ways, like unquantifiably better than the Reds uh, because they're just wow. They might be worse than three and 16, but uh, they're starting pitchers. I don't believe have a win as in haven't gone long enough team hasn't been ahead because they're eight and 11 and you would think well maybe a starting pitcher went you know five and two thirds one point and got the win nope hasn't no. happened yet so that's interesting they don't they don't have a quality start don't have a quality not, start not, there you go not not one quality start they're in the bottom five um in era whip and opponent average uh yeah. so they have not been good they they just got swept by Milwaukee, they've they've lost six games to Milwaukee. So there's a team that the Padres could be competing with for a wild card this year. Uh, so here's one thing I want to point out, and I don't I don't know that I ever did. Maybe I did here because this is a place that we kind of you know talk about a lot of different stuff. Sometimes go off on tangents, but I, I never wrote about it really after the start of the season. Um, because there were so many other things wrong and it's not why the Padres were bad last year, but it seemed that they faced every team. And I know that there's some truth to this. It's not hundred percent, but it seemed last year, like they faced every team when that team was going well, they faced every team's ace. Like there was a point in June where they faced Scherzer twice DeGrom twice, by the time the Giants and Dodgers got to the Mets, Scherzer was a Dodger. Um, the Giants net didn't play him. They played they played the Cubs before they traded everybody, and they were hot. Actually, we're in first place in the Central. And hey, the Reds are not going to be this bad. They caught the Reds now. Right. The the Pirate or Brian Reynolds is going to even out probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pirates starters are going to win a game. Maybe <laughs> as happens in baseball. The Padres are getting back a little bit of something where they're not, they're going to face some people when they're down. Right. Well, they have Zach Thompson, and, and I'm quoting off of Jeff Sanders' preview here. They have Zach Thompson um, pitching tonight, uh, has yet to complete five innings in his three starts, uh, got shelled in a couple starts last year against the Padres. JT Brubaker is a right hander pitching tomorrow who has completed five innings once. This year, uh, he's walked 11 and 15 in the third innings. And then Mitch Keller is pitching on Sunday. Uh, the Padres, uh, he had a 7 ERA and a 1.8 whip against the Padres last year. I remember them beating him up pretty good. Um, so they, But they do have a couple of relievers beyond Bednar, who's two for two in saves. But uh, Dylan Peters is a lefty who has not allowed a run in 12 and a third innings. And uh, Will Crow is a right-hander who's given up only one run in 14 in the third inning. So, again, when you talk about there are major leaguers on the roster, those are two guys who have pitched, you know, the basically the equivalent of three games and given up one run. So uh, it's not like the Padres can just walk out there 
uh, tonight and enjoy the scenery, which is fantastic there, as you know, and uh, and and then just waltz away with three wins. So they probably do have to play a little bit better, especially defensively. And it probably would be good if they had someone on the team other than Machado and Hosmer hitting better than 210 uh, at, the, uh, at the moment. So first thing I'll say is I don't think anyone's playing on Sunday. Um, <laughs> both teams have an off day on Monday, so I guess it's uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. You're going to spend your off day uh, Sunday in Pittsburgh or the scheduled off day Monday in Cleveland um, because uh, something like 80% chance of rain on Sunday. So um, Okay. All right, there we go. You, Darvish, tonight. Sean Manaya tomorrow. Joe Musgrove, Sunday or Monday. You, uh, you is going to dodge – a bullet it appears because you really doesn't like the cold and it is beautiful here right now. Now, I suppose if he goes eight innings and it drops down into the low fifties, then maybe uh, you will start to tighten up there. But uh, like something like 63 or 64 at, at, at first pitch, which is nice because it has been very cold in this part of the country. Those were, th- those were three cold games in, in, in Cincinnati. Right. And I know it was very cold this morning there in back in that part of the country, but yeah, I'm looking here it's, uh, hopefully my my weather app is better than Mark Grant's. 63 at game time tonight, and and even by nine o'clock, uh, 57 degrees, which I hopefully not too bad yeah. for uh, for Darvish Very as long nice. as the wind, uh, as long as there was not much wind blowing, so should not be uh, should not be much of an issue. Uh, and then as you said, Manaya pitching tomorrow, and Musgrove on uh, Sunday. So the Padres lined up with their with their top three. Guys, and then I guess we should talk about what happens next week after Mike Clevenger comes back. Um, Would you expect him to pitch on Tuesday in Cleveland? Is that your best prediction? I I would just piecing together kind of that they're probably going to go with a six-man rotation one time through. That seems to be the preference. And you might as well get uh, Clevenger. I believe that would then be five days, and it would have everybody else on, I believe, six days. Yeah. um, rest and you know then whether you go one time through that gets you part way through the next home stand then you have another off day so that's when you have to make a decision is Mackenzie Gore your best chance to win factoring in a little bit that he has options and he can go down to triple a and you know that it's only going to be a couple starts because something's going to happen and you're going to need someone um or nick martinez does he go to the bullpen i don't think that right now there's any question mackenzie gore is the better pitcher has been more effective Mm -hmm. is it that much greater that you keep mackenzie gore and you put nick martinez in the bullpen when Nick Martinez can't get out of an inning without allowing traffic. So honestly, Jay, I, I I don't know. And I'm sure they know, but I'm not entirely sure that they know because you spend a lot of brain activity on that and then things end up working out. But, but right now their solution is almost certainly to go with a six man rotation into next week. Right. And as you said, so that covers six games on the homestand. Uh, or six, two games on the road, and then the four-game series against the Marlins, and then you would figure obviously Clevenger would pitch that first game, right? The Monday night against the Cubs, and then you have to start making decisions um, at that point. Whether it's almost that this—that's when you wish that you had um, fewer off days. It's, yeah, it's, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's when you wish that, that you had, you know, hey, we'll take those 17 in a row. We'll just cycle these guys through and then we'll make a decision. Um, right. One of them will probably get hurt or need a rest and, and we'll be fine. But that's not going to be the case. It does not appear right yeah. now. And then, you know, Blake Snell is plowing through single A pitchers. I wasn't there, obviously, in Fort Wayne, but like that is not something where we can tell he goes four innings and 40 something pitches or something. Yeah. <laughs> they need him to go get tested and, and throw 60 pitches or something and be able to come back knowing that he's going to go five innings in, in the major leagues. Uh, because from the numbers, that was pretty impressive. And Blake Snell looks pretty healthy. Maybe one more start and he can come back. I think the Padres are counting on two more rehab starts for Blake Snell. And, and I would think that they he would get moved up. I mean, it was obviously convenient to do yes. Fort Wayne in this particular case, but I, I would think at some point, like with Clevenger, he would go from pitching in single A to up to triple A to face some better hitters yeah. uh, and, and get a little more test. If nothing else, better hitters in ballparks where it's not as, you know, where it might be a little yeah. difficult and, and that sort of thing. Because you definitely want to get him up beyond 65, 70 pitches before, uh, before he gets a start back in the big leagues. So uh, as we've said all along, it's a, it's a good problem to have. Uh, if they're going to have seven, seven healthy starting pitchers at the same time, you know, I'm sure those are the decisions that they would like to make because it, it beats the heck out of having three healthy pitters and, and going to sign Jake Arietta and Vince Velasquez, you know, when you're trying to stay in a, uh, in a pennant race. So I think from that standpoint, the Padres are okay. The bullpen in Cincinnati, as I mentioned, was not great. Other than Taylor Rogers had little trouble yesterday, came in and had to bail out Denelson Lamette the previous night with a one pitch save. A um, couple guys struggled. I mean, I don't want to say Stephen Wilson struggled. I mean, he gave up a home run. It's going to happen. He's not going to have a scoreless outing every time. Uh, uh, every time out. I didn't see Garcia yesterday. What what was his uh, what was the story with him? I'm just wondering if that. Uh... He has a splitter now that is ridiculous. Like, does, you know, and no one can hit it or or catch it. So uh, and I'm just wondering, like, if it's still like fine tuning with him because right. guys aren't really squaring him up. But there are some flares that are happening. And, you know, he's either coming in and getting three outs like right away or there's some traffic out there. I think Luis Garcia is a really good eighth inning guy. Stephen Wilson is a really good seventh or eighth inning mm-hmm. guy. And Taylor Rogers, who yesterday, what he gave up a hit and then a long fly ball. I don't know if you saw that. I thought, oh, you've no. got to be kidding me. <laughs> no, I got a, I got a flight. They've been winning this whole time. And now it's. But Trent Grisham caught it at the wall. Um, and this place, look, it's not Coors Field. Sometimes it's worse. It's got these tiny gaps and, yep. it, you know, the ball does travel well there. And it's a, it's a tiny toy ballpark. OK, and and that would have been unfortunate for the Padres had that been <laughs> a, a home run. Taylor Rogers has been highly effective. Um, Tim Hill. You know, last couple outings, I have no idea why he threw to first base yesterday. Didn't get a chance to talk to him. It's also not necessarily the wasn't top on my list. I don't know if you saw that, Jay. He threw to a, uh, an Eric Hosmer that was not at first base. I have no idea what was happening. <laughs> he was in trouble and he was trying to get out of it. And I think he just like, I got to get this guy. And it was bizarre. They are. It is bizarre. You know how they talk about how hitting is contagious. And we're like, well, yeah. it doesn't look like anybody's getting sick. Um it is like errors have become contagious for this team and bonehead plays and wild pitches. And it's, it's bizarre how you went from zero errors and what was it? 16 games, an MLB yeah. record to what, like, they're like not even 
they might not even be in the um, top 10 of errorless teams now. Like they, they have like 11 in, in four games. Um, so they got to clean that up. And but, you gotta... but I saw, I, I want to say I saw in your newsletter today about CJ Abrams. That was impressive. Uh, and, and how he made a couple errors. But the encouraging thing from the Padres standpoint was the way that he bounced back from those errors and, and didn't, you know, didn't seem to lose confidence in himself. And, and I could see where, and I think you wrote this, you know, and, or maybe Bob Melvin said it. I mean, here's a guy who's struggling at the plate. You would think that, you know, he's sort of defining right now, sort of his self-worth to the team in a way that, okay, well, at least I'm playing great defense. And then he makes an error or two and you could, he's 21 years older and you could see maybe his confidence would, would wane a bit, but it sounds like it did not. And, and he came right back and, uh, and yeah. made a couple nice plays and, and Hassan Kim, who's been, you know, playing as well, came up with some big hits yesterday. So both of those are important to, uh, you know, to the Padres. I mean, Hassan Kim's slugging 500 right now. So uh, I, I wouldn't expect that to last, but it's, you know, it's certainly something that is, is sort of a welcome sight. There's not an interview uh, that doesn't go by with Hassan Kim in which he does not mention I'm playing more, so that helps. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that he's dropping that in on purpose, but the fact that he's talking about it a lot and he has expressed that Bob Melvin has told him that he'll play more to give him that sort of confidence that, hey, not only you know when you're in there, but when you're not in there, you're going to play. This isn't going to be a case where you're going six games with one mm-hmm. at bat, all right? Um, and you know, Ha-Sung Kim was a fine player in Korea, and he played every day. So I think that, you know, what was good about yesterday is this guy is so dependable on defense, so you can give Manny Machado a break, and you have nothing to worry about. At, at third base. Is he as good? No. Right. You have nothing to worry about there. Mm-hmm. And whereas, you know, back in the day, God bless him, loved Greg Garcia. Just think he was just a winning piece on a team that was not ready to win. But uh, you put him at third base for Manny and, you know, it might not be a great day, right? Right. And you put Hassan Kim there and then he gets three hits. Heck, if Hassan Kim got one hit yesterday and he filled in for Manny and one of those hits was a double off the wall like his was, then that's a good outing for Hassan Kim. That's who you're paying $7 million a year. So at least promising there. Uh, you know, a couple of days ago, I never got around to it. He was uh, like second in the major leagues in pop-up rate. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Hassan. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, as we mentioned, the offense peaked, perked up in Cincinnati. Um, what was it? 24 runs? 24 in, runs, nine, eight, and seven. Right. So, you know, that's, uh, that's that's something that maybe you would not quite have expected that many runs even in that ballpark and you know they all talked about okay all we have to do is get a game or two and it'll it'll get us going so we'll see if it if it carries over into Pittsburgh which is I seem to recall Pittsburgh's pretty fair ballpark wouldn't very you say fair. very yeah. fair so uh we'll see how that goes and I and I think Cleveland is pretty fair uh as well it's got the big wall in left field but uh, I wouldn't call either one of those parks pitchers. I have not been to uh, I have not been to Cleveland since the players were helping themselves out with things to hit balls very far. So I don't know how uh, it will play now in the new dead ball era and relatively right. clean era. I, I, I do not uh, know that. But Pittsburgh is fair, even to the point where, you know, you might hitters might not be like they are with Petco, right? That's a fair ballpark now. Uh, PNC is like that. So uh, and it's a great place to watch a game. And 
Jay, you talked about it earlier. You talked about those starting pitchers, right? Like that doesn't mean the Padres are going to go out and uh, sweep them. It means the Padres should take two or three. It means these right. are, that the Padres are no longer the team that pitchers like that get well against. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that got those guys are due. Right. OK, fine. But they shouldn't be due against the Padres. So that, right. that's what we right. should be thinking about the this uh, series. And the hitters will like the fact that I was just checking the Guardians uh, play this weekend in Oakland and Shane Bieber is pitching on mm-hmm. Saturday, which means that he will not pitch against the Padres. So whoever else is in the Cleveland rotation is nowhere near as good as Shane Bieber. So that's a good miss for um, for the Padres next week in Cleveland. Offensively, Eric Hosmer, you know, I, he's not going to hit 415 all year. We know that. And, and we've seen, yeah. <laughs> and we've seen, you know, two years ago, we saw him have a very good 60-game season. We'll probably keep saying this over and over. You can't really read anything into this because it's way too soon. But it's certainly encouraging to see what he's done so far. Um, you know, he hit a couple home runs in Cincinnati, but they, it's not like they were, they were you know, Anthony Rizzo hitting pop-ups at Yankee Stadium home runs. Uh, they were long, long home runs that he hit very hard. So he's been, he's been everything that anybody could have expected and a lot more. Uh, the same applies basically to Machado, who as good as he's been, you still don't expect you know, Manny to be hitting almost 400. And that, that again, that's not going to last. And other guys are going to have to step up at some point. But it's it's certainly fun to watch when you've got, you know, guys that are hitting like that. And um, they just need some help. They they need some other people to step up. And it happens some in Cincinnati. And I guess we'll see who the, who the candidates are to step forward. I mean, they're down, I guess you'd say they're down two starters because Luke Voigt was considered a, a starter and now they're down Will Myers and uh, you know, not that Myers was doing much, but you always sort of expected him to, to snap out of it and, and we'll see what happens going forward. So, yeah, that was, that's the funny thing about Will, huh? Because you, you, you always do expect he's going to snap out of it and that that'll last for a while. And that's not available now. I think Luke Voigt, you know, we'll see. Comes back maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe uh, the beginning of the the home stand. Uh, but yeah, they, at least this. What happened this weekend is the seven, eight, nine hitters sometimes got some hits. You know, and right. those three right. guys were so good. And and uh, Cronenworth and the two had a had had a couple good games, or at least one where he was productive. Uh, the leadoff spot is a absolute hole right now. Um, both guys, uh, mm-hmm. so. They're very fortunate, as as um, as Bob Melvin said. You know that's why they make the big bucks. I paraphrase. That wasn't exactly what he said, but he said that's why they make the big money, right? Uh-huh. And and also they would not be where they are for whatever it is, for however long it lasts, whatever. They would not be thirteen and seven without Eric Hosmer. Now it goes also without Manny Machado, but but let's yeah. remember that they would not be thirteen and seven without Eric Hosmer. Or probably without playing the Reds, but that's another, you know, but still you, you play who you play and you take advantage of guys who are hitting at the time. And, and you're not, you know, Osmer's not going to toss any hits back. And, and he's like I said, he's been hitting the ball hard and the Padres are, you know, against the schedule that they've played, have a record that sort of where they, where they should be. If the Padres kind of schedule. lose 
three quarters of their games to the Giants and to the Dodgers, yet continue to play at a 900 clip against losing teams, the Padres will win 120 games. Um, and that was just loose math, but it'll be close to that, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, I, they just have to continue doing what they have uh, uh, what they have done. And, we'll, and as you said, we'll see what happens on Sunday if um, if there's rain. And, and um, I mean, right now it says 80%. I don't know what time of day that is. I think the last time I looked, it was basically like all day. All day. On, uh, on Sunday, so they might end up having to play an afternoon game on Monday to, uh, uh, to I will say this. I've been here and other places uh, back east. They build their fields different because of the torrential little sure. thunderstorms that can come through. And as long as it stops raining, they can play. Like, it is amazing. If it rained one quarter as much in San Diego, they, you know, the field wouldn't be ready till the next day. It right, can rain right. like 12 inches in 15 minutes here, and a half hour later, that field is ready to play. So uh, that gives me some hope. As funny as it sounds, I think everyone's sort of looking forward to another, you know, an off day uh, on, uh-huh. on the team. Even though it's in Cleveland, it is an off day. So, yep. uh, you know, to, to mess it all up, uh, hey, it is what it is. You, you deal with it. Uh, but they certainly would like to get that game in Sunday. So, And, and there is an 80% chance of rain in Cleveland on Tuesday. So, good. Um, you know, we'll Dodge been in Cincinnati, um, yep. which is where they've uh, quite often had a lot of rain. But of course, you know, it is what it is. And we know things change very rapidly uh, back there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, I wish you a good weekend in a, a city I know you enjoy and a ballpark I know you enjoy. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday from Cleveland. Talk to you later, everybody.